measuring the performance of our supply chains. What do the numbers reveal? Lift truck companies look to robotics for new designs. And the commercial real estate market hopes that e-commerce will spearhead market recovery. Pull up a chair and join us as the editors of DC Velocity discuss these stories as well as news and supply chain trends on this week's Logistics Matters podcast. Hi, I'm Dave Maloney. I'm the Editorial Director at DC Velocity. Welcome. Logistics Matters is sponsored by Fortna. Fortna partners with the world's leading brands to transform their distribution operations to keep pace with digital disruption and growth objectives. Known worldwide as the distribution experts, Fortna designs and delivers intelligent solutions powered by their proprietary software to optimize fast, accurate, and cost-effective order fulfillment. For more information, visit Fortna.com. As usual, our DC Velocity senior editors Ben Ames and Victoria Kickham will be along to provide their insight into the top stories of this week. But to begin today, we look at the LMI. If you aren't familiar with that measure of the health of the supply chain, here's Victoria with today's guest to explain it all. Victoria? Thanks, Dave. Our guest today is Zach Rogers. Zach is Assistant Professor of Supply Chain Management at Colorado State University. And as you say, Dave, he's here to talk about the LMI or the Logistics Managers Index. The index is a monthly report that measures economic activity in the logistics industry. And it's produced by Zach and some of his colleagues from other supply chain management programs around the country. The most recent report was released this week and we asked Zach to talk about that as well as the history of the project. So welcome, Zach. Hi, thanks for having me. I wanted to start by asking you if you can give us a little background on the LMI. What is it? What does it measure? Who coordinates the research? And how long have you been at it? Sure. So the the LMI is the Logistics Managers Index. And what that is, is a change index where we survey, you know, between like 100, 200 uh, high level uh, director and above uh, supply chain professionals. Uh, we we ask usually directors and above so that we have somebody who has a whole you know sort of a comprehensive picture uh, of the supply chain. I used to uh, you know before I came back to school, I was a, a warehouse manager, and I can assure you I did not have a comprehensive picture uh, of the supply chain. So so we ask usually director level and above, and and it's every month we build something called a change index or diffusion index. And it's very similar to what they do with the Purchasing Managers Index, where essentially we ask about the change in eight different logistics metrics. So inventory costs, inventory levels, warehousing capacity, prices, and utilization, and transportation capacity, prices, and utilization. And we say, is there, let's say for transportation prices, are they going down? Are they staying the same? Are they going up? Those are the only three options. We then average those together to create our index values. And essentially, any value over 50 indicates that we're seeing growth. So this month, for example, I think it was 72 uh, was our our value for transportation prices. That indicates a pretty good rate of growth. On the other hand, you could have something less than 50, like we had uh, in April, where it was like 34 or something. Uh, and that shows that transportation prices had, had just fallen off a cliff. And so we put this out every month. And the team behind it is is myself, Dale Rogers from Arizona State, Shen Yenyert from Rutgers University, Stephen Carnavali from Rochester Institute of Technology, and Ron Lemke from the University of Nevada, Reno. 
Um, and we've been doing it uh, since September 2016. So next month's report, August's uh, report, will will mark four years. Terrific, thank you. Um, you've characterized, you and the other researchers have characterized the index as a um, leading indicator for the economy. So I was, I was hoping you could tell us, what does this mean for companies in the supply channel and for the broader business community? Essentially, how can they use the data you just described to us and apply it to their to business decisions? Absolutely. Well, we've we've uh, now that we have you know quite a bit of of data here. So you know over the four years we've collected over four thousand uh, responses, and what we have done is some econometric analysis, essentially looking at how do our predictors, um, you know, kind of show what might happen in the economy. So how can we use logistics metrics in August to predict economic activity in September? And we've shown pretty strong correlations with uh you know metrics like the dow jones index unemployment rate um e even gdp i will say that, that that one of the the strengths here of this being an economic indicator is that it helps you know where things are going traditionally we rely on indicators like let's say gdp and gdp is a good metric but it doesn't really tell you what's going to happen gdp tells you what already happened you know, we just had the second quarter GDP numbers come out. So, you know, that tells us basically what, what happened in April, May, and June. And we just got that number at the end of July. That doesn't really tell us where things are going. That tells us what already happened. Uh, trying to run a company or, or run a business by looking at GDP is sort of like running a, you know, driving a car by looking in the rearview mirror. Uh, I mean, it's good to know it's behind you, but it's not that helpful uh, for knowing where you need to go. Logistics metrics help us to know where the economy is going and the reason they can do that is because logistics activity often happens upstream from the consumer so when you go to the store or you get online and you go buy something right let's say you, you walk into a you know a big box retailer buy a shirt or shoes or groceries or whatever well that apparel or those groceries had to get to the store Right. They were probably in a number of warehouses. They were held in inventory somewhere. Maybe they went from a manufacturer to a wholesaler to a distribution center. Maybe it's been on a I mean, if it's if it's closed, it's probably been on a boat and a train and a truck. And so there's a lot of logistics activity that has to happen before the consumer can make that that final purchase. And so if we look at logistics activity, if it's going up, Usually that means that retail sales are going up in the future. If they're going down, a lot of times that means that companies are thinking, well, maybe sales aren't going to be so high and that we're okay. going to have lower levels of, of economic activity going forward. Great. Thank you. Um, so then with that in mind, what has the LMI, what is it revealing to us about economic activity and the performance of the logistics industry? You know, you know, the most recent report and, and historically, if you can tell us. Right. So uh, I think it's really interesting, especially if you look at some of the more um, uh, dynamic indices. Uh, so, you know, something like warehouse prices, those will go up and down, but they won't move as much because that tends to be, you know, people, you get a warehouse maybe on a three-year contract or a one-year contract or something. So the prices don't go up and down quite as quickly. Transportation does, though. And, uh, and because that, you know, happens, uh, you know, there's contracts, but that's also very spot market dependent, right? There's a lot of 
of, of movement that happens quickly with transportation, and it's easier to build up new capacity of trucks. And so if you look at uh, transportation over time, over the four years of this index, it really tells the story of, um, of sort of the, the, the U.S. economy. We saw a big spike right when the tax cut got passed and, and economic activity was really hot for a while. Uh, and this is true with the overall LMI as well. Uh, and then kind of last year, we saw a big slowdown in transportation prices. Really, it started at sort of the end of 2018, beginning of 2019, when we started to see the trade war happening and there was less international shipping, less things were moving around. We saw a big spike right at the beginning of coronavirus when everybody's worried about having like toilet paper and eggs and stuff. Huge drop uh, into April when everyone had to stay home. And now we see it coming back up. And usually transportation prices are, are a forerunner of, of what's going to happen. Now, this, uh, this month is a little different, uh, I would say, because we see a big split in upstream and downstream firms, and, and we can get into that, that later if we want to. But basically what we're seeing is that there's a lot more activity away from consumers happening right now. Uh, which probably, well, which may indicate uh, that we're going to see a, a that, that we could be seeing parts of the consumer economy slow back down. Uh, now, I wouldn't be surprised if that happened. You know, the the jobs report came out uh, again this week, and we had uh, 1.2 million more people out of work. And you know, if if the unemployment stuff dries up and all that, then we could see a a big drop in consumer spending. And I think that's probably why we see the downstream firms. So consumer facing firms like retailers is what I mean when I say downstream, slowing mm -hmm. down more uh, because they may be anticipating some slowdown in, in consumer spending. Um, generally, though, I, I, the LMI is up this month. Uh, it was at a level of, of 63, which we haven't seen in about 18 months. So so that's good on for the logistics industry. Right. So the the what's really driving it right now is is low capacity in warehousing and trucks. It's really hard to get a warehouse right now. I mean, companies are fighting each other over the space that they're going to have for, for the holiday season, partially because we have big inventories built up. So, you know, we, we have a lot left over from the shutdown, and now we're also building inventories up uh, for, for Q4. And also because we know that commerce in Q4 is probably going to happen way more online than it has in the past. And in order to do that, you need more warehouse space and you need more trucks. And so companies right now are being really aggressive about trying to reserve warehouse space, transportation capacity. And so we're seeing a big crunch uh, in capacity and therefore a big uptick in both utilization and price of warehousing and, and uh, at least truck transportation. Um, and so right now, it's interesting because we may be going through a slight shift. Normally, logistics activity always predicts the macro economy. Right now, though, because we're so skewed towards utilizing logistic services, transportation and warehousing, because everybody's doing delivery for everything right now, um, for, uh, for you know, a much larger proportion of commerce, it might not necessarily predict um, you know, the economy is going to come roaring back. It is, however, showing that logistics is, is continuing to be a bigger and bigger part of whatever piece of the economy is going to come back for the rest of the year. Okay.
Great, thank you. So you also ask, um, you know, along those lines, you I believe every month you ask re uh, participants about, you know, their future insights or what, what they're expecting to happen. So do you, can right. you give us a, uh, you know, a feeling for, for what um, these survey participants are saying about what may be ahead? Absolutely, and, and, and that's a great uh, question because I think that really corroborates what we just said about, you know, moving towards more logistics uh, as as a driver of commerce and, and and a heavier involvement as a proportion of all sales. If we look at, remember, I, I said that you know any number above fifty means growth, and, and the highest any of these numbers can go is a hundred. Both uh, both transportation price uh, and inventory costs are predicted to grow uh, at, at a at a number over eighty for the next twelve months. And so essentially what that means is everyone thinks we're going to have more goods on hand. It's going to cost us more money because we don't have that much space. And transportation prices are going to go up. The only one of our eight metrics that right now respondents uh, predict will, will drop over the next 12 months is transportation capacity. Meaning that, and now that doesn't mean that, oh, there's going to be less trucks. There's going to be more trucks in a year than there are now but less of those trucks will be available. And so essentially, I think what we're seeing here is companies anticipating that they're going to have to utilize more and more logistic services to do the same uh, or maybe even a smaller amount of business over the next 12 months. Zach, if readers are interested in learning more about the LMI or participating in the survey every month, where can they go to get that information? So, um, uh, the website is the uh, the-lmi.com. Uh, you can also uh, send me an email, uh, Zach, Z-A-C dot Rogers, R-O-G-E-R-S, at colo, C-O-L-O, state dot E-D-U. We, we couldn't get C-S-U. Apparently, Cal State already had that by the time we were at university, <laughs> so we have to be colo state dot E-D-U. Uh, but, but if you send me a note, I, I'd be happy to... To, to talk to you and, and and certainly get you on our distribution list and and talk to you about being on our, our panel as well if 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 anyone in your readership thinks that's something they might want to do. Terrific. Thanks so much. I should also mention that um, all that information is available on the in the resource area of many of your podcast platforms. Um, so Zach, thanks so much for being with us today and explaining a little bit about the LMI. We appreciate it. Thank you so much. Uh, oh, I should also mention, by the way, the, the new reports come out the first Tuesday of, of every month. So our, our next report will be out I, actually on September 1st. So this one I'm going to have to stay up late on Monday to write because I only have one day to do it, I guess. <laughs> uh, but the, the first Tuesday of every month. Great. Thank you very much. Thanks again. Thank you. Thank you, Zach and Victoria. Now let's turn to some other supply chain news from the week. Ben, you reported that a couple of large lift truck companies are partnering with robotics firms to develop more automation in material handling. Can you tell us what they're looking to accomplish with these new alliances? That's right, Dave. Uh, it's been a busy week in, the, in that area. Uh, the first one that we heard about, there was the German material handling giant Keon Group, which our listeners may remember as the large forklift manufacturer that acquired the U.S. Uh, systems integrator Domatic back in 2016. And Kion said that it had created a partnership with Quicktron, which is a small Chinese startup that makes autonomous mobile robots, or AMRs, uh, that have become an increasingly common site in distribution centers. 
And Keon said it also plans to eventually buy a minority stake in the company. Uh, the, the CIO, CEO, pardon me, said that the deal would improve its product range and automated truck segment. Uh, and when he says automated trucks, he means lift trucks, not tractor trailers. Uh, also this week, uh, we heard that Unicarriers, which is also a major forklift vendor worldwide, said it had teamed up with uh, two partners, an artificial intelligence firm called BrainCorp, uh, which is a venture capital-backed uh, startup that's uh, been making big strides lately, uh, and also an automation provider called Dane Technologies. And Unicarrier's deal uh, was supposed to provide, likewise, better automation and material handling, uh, just as Keon was. But uh, Unicarriers was, was looking uh, really at a different application, uh, which is making what they called autonomous delivery tugs for moving inventory around uh, within commercial retail sites like grocery stores. And uh, what Unicarries is talking about is shifting uh, sort of boxes and crates of groceries uh, from stock rooms to the store shelves uh, in, in what the company calls the last 500 feet of the uh, logistics journey. Did they give any reasons for why they're making these partnerships and investments now? Uh, they did. Uh, it, it all comes down to e-commerce and online shopping. Um, that, that's a, a note that, that we've heard uh, a lot of these companies sing often uh, in, in recent months and years, uh, and it con continues to be true now uh, even more than ever. Uh, that sector was already growing fast before the pandemic, but with so many people living and working from home uh, during COVID, uh, the e-commerce e sector has grown even faster, and that's putting a lot of pressure on DCs and fulfillment centers. Uh, to store and package and ship those orders. Uh, we, we heard some proof point uh, on that uh, just a couple days earlier when there was uh, another uh, handful of announcements that had to do with robotics providers. Um, those were a number of robotics providers who are working with systems integrators. Um, they, they were Locus Robotics working with Balloon One, uh, another robot company called Geek Plus working with Cooker Logistic Systems. And a third one was Waypoint Robotics, uh, working with advanced handling systems. Uh, but they all cited the pretty similar reasons. Uh, that Locus Robotics CEO Rick Falk uh, described it well when he said that robotics technology could improve efficiency and productivity uh, at a time when e-commerce continues to explode across all channels. And uh, th that kind of change uh, in, in the load of, of the uh, sector has made that warehouse fulfillment is now a critical part of the economy. Very good. Well, it'll be interesting to see how those collaborations impact product design. Thanks, Ben. Of course. And Victoria, you reported on the difficulties the commercial real estate markets face. What did you find? Well, Dave, this very much echoes what Ben was just talking about um, and the continued evidence we're seeing about the accelerating uh, e-commerce trend um, and the ways in which that issue is affecting supply chains. So the recent acceleration in e-commerce, um, as Ben mentioned too, is being driven uh, by the COVID-19 pandemic, which is, as we've seen, devastated much of the economy as it's forced more consumers online and reduced foot traffic in stores. So this week, uh, commercial real estate firm CBRE published a mid-year outlook report showing that the rebound or any rebound in commercial real estate will be largely driven by demand for industrial and logistics space. And this is primarily because retailers and others will be looking for what um, the research, researchers term modern class A warehouses that are designed to meet growing digital and e-commerce demands. Other factors come into play, of course, including you know, the um, trend toward retailers adding more inventory to handle demand fluctuations and manufacturers diversifying their supply chains to reduce their dependence on China. So both of those issues also create a need for more space. 
So those are the things that uh, that they're seeing and more in the report that, as I said, came out this week. Do the researchers say what a recovery in the market may look like? Well, they say there are many factors at play, of course, but the bottom line is that it will take years for commercial real estate activity levels to fully return to a pre-pandemic state. In the meantime, um, we're reporting on many projects underway that are designed to address this issue of accelerating e-commerce and digital business, as you know, as Ben just pointed out as well. As just one example, um, retailer Urban Outfitters said this week it's going to build an 880,000 square foot omni-channel or sort of e-commerce distribution center in the Kansas City area. And it's designed specifically to help support its digital uh, digital growth across all its brands. So that's just one example of many that we've been reporting on. So this is certainly something to watch. Well, it uh, certainly impacts uh, e-commerce, obviously, and shows the importance that supply chain has in impacting all of our lives during the pandemic and beyond. Thank you. We encourage listeners to go to dcvelocity.com for more on these and other supply chain stories. Go there to check it all out. And thanks, Victoria and Ben, for sharing highlights of the news this week. Thanks, Dave. It's always fun. Yes, you're welcome. And again, our thanks to Zach Rogers of Colorado State University for being with us today. We encourage your feedback on this topic and our other stories. You can email us at podcast at dcvelocity.com. And a reminder that Logistics Matters is sponsored by Fortna. Fortna partners with the world's top brands to transform distribution operations into competitive advantage. Expertise includes distribution strategy, DC operations, micro-fulfillment, automation, and intelligent software. Distribution solutions designed today for tomorrow's challenges. Learn more about the distribution experts at Fortna.com. We encourage you to subscribe to Logistics Matters on Apple, Google, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcast, just search for Logistics Matters to find us. Our new episodes are uploaded each Friday. We'll be back again next week with another edition of Logistics Matters, when our guest will be Thomas Goldsby of the University of Tennessee. We'll talk about the ongoing shortages of PPE, personal protective equipment, and what supply chains need to do to help. Be sure to join us. Until then, please be safe and have a great week.